Welcome to Meaningful Meditation for Life, hosted by Dr. Erhard Vogel, who has taught among the Himalayan sages for the past 50 years and is recognized around the world as a master teacher of self-realization. On this podcast, we invite you to discover his teachings, guided meditations, and classes. You'll return over and over to your favorite episodes in the archive and continue to grow with each new episode. This is the Fundamental Meditation Series. You'll learn meditation and self-realization from a master teacher. You'll learn the importance of knowing who you really are and experiencing a life true to yourself. This podcast series reflects just a portion of the eight-week program with Dr. Vogel. For the optimal experience, please start with week one and follow along for all eight weeks. Each week will begin with a class and be followed by a meditation. My name is Molly Malone, and if you haven't done so already, would you please... Uh, turn off your cell phone all the way. Tonight it is my privilege to introduce our teacher. Erhard is the founder of the Nataraja Yoga Ashram and the creator <coughs> of the Expert in Life program. In fact, this year is our 40th anniversary since the ashram was uh, begun in 1974. So, Erhard has been doing this for a while. And before that, actually, over the last 40 plus years, he's helped thousands of people to learn to live um, according to their unique potential, according to the unique potential <coughs> that we all are. Tonight, you have the opportunity to learn from a master teacher of self-realization. The teachings are from Erhard's direct experience, beginning with a transformative experience when he survived certain death as a very young child in wartime Germany. <coughs> Erhard is also recognized as a master meditation teacher among his peers and among the sages of the Himalayas. Several of us, many of us actually, had the privilege to be with Erhard uh, in India a few years ago and to be with him while he was teaching in the Shivananda Ashram, which is a huge worldwide organization. It's a place where they come to him to teach them meditation. My, uh, my personal experience with Erhard began a little less than six years ago at a um, fabulous event that was celebrating his 70th birthday. And the uh, friend who invited me took me over to meet him. And he, just, he asked me two questions uh, in a very, very brief conversation. And he asked me, are you living a fulfilling life? And do you want to be self-realized? And I had a pretty good handle on the, what the fulfilling life meant. But I was out in deeper water when it came to self-realization. It sounded like a good idea, but I didn't really know in my mind what, what that meant. But what was also happening, and I could actually experience it happening, while we were speaking with each other, is there was something inside of me that absolutely knew that I wanted 
what he was offering. I'll never forget his parting words to me. And as I said, this was a brief, brief conversation. But after I had said, yes, you know, I do want to be self-realized, not really knowing what I was saying, I do, I do too. <laughs> and, um, and as I got up, he says to me, looking me straight in the eye, he says, well, if this is what you want, you better get about it while you're still able. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's bold, <coughs> certainly clear. And, I, you know, I wasn't really used to people speaking to me that clearly, that honestly. But do you know what? I couldn't get those words out of my head, out of my, out, out of me. They just, they went in and they stayed there. And in fact, they're, they're still there today, which is why I'm telling you this story. And I did get about it. And I think it was three days later, I was registered for the Expert in Life program. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. Earhart has made more of a positive impact in my life than any other teacher I have ever had. And I've had a lot of teachers in my life. Uh, he has um, lovingly and very persistently taught me who I really am and to experience the deep fulfillment, the real fulfillment that comes from living true in alignment with who I really am. <coughs> I'm so grateful for what I have received from Earhart. I never, I never ever imagined that at this time in my life I would be living a life of such vitality, of such joy, of such meaning. And you know, the best part of it all is it just keeps getting better. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting close, I'm getting close, but no, it just keeps getting better. And with that, let me give to you my teacher, my guide, my friend, Erhard Vogel. Good evening and welcome to everyone. We have a habit of starting our classes uh, by placing ourselves in a state of consciousness because from experience we found out that consciousness is always a good idea. Do you know about that? Uh, so to be in consciousness we focus ourselves to be present and to have our mind and all of our faculties working with us instead of being somewhere absent or working against us. So let's just take a, a brief moment and uh, establish ourselves in a state of focused consciousness. Take a nice deep breath and exhale and just have your breathing flow evenly and easily. Just place your body into an attitude of relaxation. Let it be free of tension, free of disturbances and distractions. 
Just let it relax. For a few moments, just tell yourself that your mind and feelings and emotions, your intellect and intuition, even your senses, everything about you is to be present unto you in one unified state. To be balanced, to be clear, and to be free from distraction, just to be with you. Now you might consider that a large order, but we learn how to be in that state at will, at a moment's notice. So just determine within yourself to be present unto yourself for the experience of this evening for your experience in it and your experience of you during this evening. And thus, let us proceed. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. So, I, something caught my attention when Molly said that I said to her that, <clears throat> what do you really want? And when she told me she wanted self-realization, something in her must have known, even though she wasn't completely clear about a definition, something in her knew that self-realization is a state where you realize the being, the real self that you really are. Does that make sense? The, just using the language now, self realization, to realize, to make real the being that you really are, which implies that most of, most of the time our relationship to the being that we really are is not real. Do you understand? In other words, if you don't really know who you are, how can your relationship to you, the relationship of your mind and your feelings, your mind thinking about you, your feelings feeling about you. When you don't know who that is, they don't know what, how, who that is either, right? Do your mind and so on. Not knowing who, how can they relate to you for real? They can't. So they relate to someone that you're not. Does that make sense? What kind of a life would you, if you were to think of somebody, forget about yourself right now, which most people are good at. Uh, but if you think of somebody else for a moment, and just think practically speaking, if he or she is living a life in disregard of herself, not knowing herself, what kind of life can that be? What kind of life will that be? Let's work together on this. Yes? Confusing. Confusing, yes. Empty. Empty, yeah. Disappointing, lonely. lonely, very good, but because you're left out, right? You, so the experiences of your life and your relationship to yourself is left, you're left out of that equation, so it's lonely, yeah? And it's confusing, it's dysfunctional. One other thing, what is it? Give me one, give me some more. Hard. Hard, difficult, right? Yeah, what else? If you're, 
if you're missing from the experience of your own life, it's not a true experience. It's, it's like not living. And it's very empty. Right? Don't you see the syndrome of people feeling empty in our... This is the most uh, materially rich culture we know of, right? And yet, people here, would you feel, would you say our people are feeling satisfied and fulfilled and at ease and at peace? No? No. Then why not? I mean, we don't have... Are you worried that tomorrow morning you might not wake up because you're going to starve overnight? No, you don't have to worry. But you know a lot of people have to worry about that. But you don't have to anymore, you know? So a lot of things are taken care of, and yet we're amongst the most stressed, unhappy, um, anxious, and depressed people. When you travel in other countries, especially east of the western countries, when you travel there and be with those people, they have so much less and they have so much more. Right? So, we're, we gave you this, this sheet of, of questions because they are quite fundamental. For example, what changes do you really want? This is impo- implies that many people in this world nowadays want changes. Do you? Why would we want changes? Because there's something inherent in us that knows that, th- that we can have better. Right? But the thing is, uh, I was blessed to, to, to grow up in, like uh, Molly was implying, in in world war and bombardment and starvation and so on and what that motivated I say blessed because it motivated me to I want better than this and I knew I deserved better than this because in the moment of meeting death I learned to meet myself and what I really am and I had quite great respect for that and I, I by the age of six I had decided I am going to dedicate myself to having the very highest, and I'm never going to shortchange myself by cheap momentary thrills. Do you understand? Because you know what's happening with the cheap uh, stuff that we usually occupy ourselves with, the momentary stuff? It's not satisfying. It's not fulfilling. Do you know why? <laughs> no, even though it's very expensive often. <laughs> but you know what the greatest expense is? You dedicate your life to it. You know, your time, your time of being. Um, so cheap thrills is really a, a misnomer. But what came clear to me is anything that is less than the very highest and that which, less than that which fulfills you, the momentary stuff, has with it the seed of understanding that it will yield to disappointment because it will stop being there. The momentary stuff, by its very nature, will stop being there. So you know after that you're going to be disappointed again. So when you indulge in that which has the constant promise of disappointment, how enjoyable is that? I decided that 
I I didn't like starvation. I didn't like war and mayhem and murder. I I wanted to have something better than that. And to the degree that it was possible for me, I would provide that for myself. Now here comes an interesting thing because I learned I didn't I was a boy. I didn't have the power to change the hundreds of planes flying overhead dropping bombs or the the consequences of that, the collapsing buildings and the dead bodies. I didn't have the power to do something about that. But I had the power to not become a victim to that by giving over my mind and feelings and emotions to those circumstances and conditions. I had the power to to decide and to enact how I was going to respond to all of that. But eventually it wasn't even responding to all of that anymore because I learned to respond to the experience of the fact that I was still alive. Do you understand? That was the precious thing, that I was still alive. And then later I found out the simple even more precious was that I was being. Being without being, there's nothing for as far as you're concerned, right? If you're not being, there's nothing. So that's the most important thing about us, that we are, that we're being. Well, but that has enormous ramifications. But on the most practical, simple level, again, do you agree that the fact that your being is the fundamental and most important thing about you? Do you agree to that? Like that's not difficult to, to come to terms with, right? Then would you also agree that to disregard what is most fundamental about you and most important about you, to live a life of forgetting about it and disregarding it is the most satisfying and functional life to have? No? Why do I ask that question, though? Yes? Because that's how everybody lives. Well, almost everybody. Well, let's... let's. Where is our uh, statistician? Oh, okay. All right. So, but do you agree with that? That most people don't even think about the fact that they're being, or address their life to fulfill the being that they are, or to live a life to be in accord with the being that they are. Do you see? So now I, I, I notice you're kind of stopping, right? We, before it was easy, now you're, you're kind of stopping because, gee, this is, this is getting too philosophical, or too what, quote-unquote something, right? But it's the utter practicality, right? For you to address your life in relationship to who you really are and for you to know who you really are is a fundamental practicality because otherwise you have the symptoms that we were talking about before, feeling empty, feeling disjointed, feeling out of sorts, <laughs> feeling depressed, feeling angry, feeling empty or lacking, right? And so on and so on. 
So we try to fill that emptiness. What do we usually try to fill the emptiness with? Well, either objects or sensations. Right? How many permanent objects do you know? How many permanent sensations do you know? Do you understand? But even if they were, but if, they are, if you are addressing them to somebody who you don't know who that is, the, the, the not known self, it still doesn't help. Do you understand? So, when we ask what changes do you want in your life, do you want momentary changes? Because momentary is, that's going to vanish again, so it's, it's not real. It's not a real change, right? Or do you want permanent changes that are powerful and that are real and that are fulfilling? Which do you want? The impermanent ones, right? The ones that disappoint you because they, they are ephemeral, they're momentary, they go away, right? No. But most people don't really know what they really want in life. How do we know? Well, the only way we can know something is not by somebody else telling us something. Like everything that I tell you and you just hear with your, your mind and don't really know but just believe what I say, even if even if you were to believe what I say, which I ask you not to, I don't, I ask you not to believe anything that I say. It's important. Because belief is, is useless and you can be misled with belief. But the only knowledge you have is when you experience something and you can say, I know that. Do you understand? When you, through your own experience, you've experienced and you say, I know this to be true. So when, when Molly was talking about what I said to her about self-realization, and she better get to it now while she still can, something that the inner knower in her said, corresponded to this, and said, yes, I, I know this to be so. That, that makes perfect sense. And without me doing something about it, it's not going to happen, Right? And if I want that really, then I got to get to it now. So there is an ability in us to live in ignorance and falsity and illusion and to live a life that is dissatisfying and dysfunctional to us, which is a life of pain and suffering. But there's also the ability in us and it's, it's deeply inherent, this ability, is for us to find out what it would take for us to be really and permanently fulfilled. And to find the ways of gaining that. So as to have fulfillment in this life. Now, fulfillment is one of those much bandied about terms They they... They advertise shampoos that can fulfill you. Do you know what I mean? But that's, that's really not a good use of the word. Yeah. Fulfillment means we're the very, that you're filled with 
satisfaction, with attainment, with no longer having any need. And it's a deeply vibrant and satisfying, fulfilling state that you... And everything about you is always yearning for that and aiming at that. Do you realize that? that that's what your life is motivated by. And that motivates you to develop and become stronger and better in all of your faculties in order to attain all of that. That keeps you going in a positive direction in an evolution to a higher and higher state, more complex, more knowing, more subtle, more deeper, deeper in all levels. Right? You need to know what fulfills you and not go for that which will only disappoint you and distract your energies and your lifetime and your attention. Once you know, then you need to find out how to gain what fulfills you. It's not difficult. The, 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 the thing is that we, we were brought up with so many distractions. First of all, we were, none of us were brought up to know who we are, which is very simple. To learn who you really are is fairly simple. Well, the, the more adult you get, the more complex does it get because you have all kinds of false conceptions to get rid of. Right? Do you understand? But children should, should be taught that from the beginning on. Uh, I was taught that, but in a way that wasn't very nice. It could be done in nicer ways. You don't have to bombard somebody to let them know that there's something important in, in, to life, you know. you have to have enough of a a sense of valuing yourself to want to give the attentiveness and the focus to give yourself this fulfillment through be living true to who you are living true to who you really are if you were to ask a hundred people and say to them, how many of you want to live untrue to who you are? How many of the hundred would say, would raise their hand? Nobody. If you were to ask how many of you determined to live true, well, want to live true to yourself, everybody would raise their hand. Out of those hundred, you'd be lucky to find one who tries even. Because how can you try when you don't know who you are? Right? And again, to know who you are is not complicated. To live a life in opposition to yourself is very complicated. Do you know? You're going against everything. You're going against nature. You're going against reality. You're going against your own enjoyment, your own energies, everything. So... Learning to know who you really want is really important. You know, I, I give the example sometimes of uh, I'm in front of this group of 500 business executives in a, in a convention center. And I have them in front of me and I say, okay, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor who your typical client is, the identity of your typical client. 
and the whole hall is abuzz with people talking louder and louder and louder, sharing the identities of their typical clients. Then I say, okay, now next, turn to the other neighbor and tell them your personal identity, who you really are. Do you know what the sound of the hall is? The sound of silence. Now, would you, as a professional, work for a client whose identity you don't know? Would you try, as an architect, to build a home for them? Or as a corporate client, to build an office building for them, if you don't know what their identity is? How many, who, who would do that? Nobody. That, that wouldn't make any sense. But you want to build a life for somebody, you, whom you don't know who that is? That makes sense? Doesn't make sense either. But now for your corporate client, you've bothered to find out their identity. For yourself, you haven't found your own, bothered to find your own identity. What's more important, your individual life or you satisfying your clients? What do you think is more important? You first, right? For everybody. I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah. But that's not how it's addressed. Everybody wants to be fulfilled. Everybody wants to be loved. Do you know that? I had this, <laughs> this brainstorm one day when I saw this woman. Uh, a woman was coming to a personal session. I saw her coming across the, the, the room and I had not, never met her before, and it sort of occurred to me, like, who is this? And I, my mind just by itself says, here comes somebody who wants to be loved. And I thought, oh, what an, what an insight. And then I said, well, that's pretty obvious. Everybody wants to be loved, right? It's no great insight. Everybody wants to be loved. Do you realize that most people do as much as possible not to be loved, while most of all they want to be loved? I mean, look around in your life. How many people do you, feel, do you think really live in, in, in love? Not that many. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, except for yourself, of course. But that's just an example, because everybody knows that, you know, wanting to be loved is fairly common, right? But what, how can you be loved if you are refusing to be in a relationship with yourself? Whom do you offer to a love relationship if you don't have one with yourself? Is this... Is this not fairly obvious, what I'm saying? Right? So, I know that every one of you wants to be loved, and every one of you wants to be fulfilled, and wants to be in a loving, deep, real, honest, clear, knowing relationship with yourself. Okay? then how come not everybody is? There are obstacles in the way. It's hard. 
And you know, I always have an answer to that. It's even harder when you don't. That's where all the hardship comes from, right? We say, but yes, that, thank you. And I didn't pay him to say this, but, <laughs> but, that's, <laughs> but that's the common response. It's so hard to make change because we're talking about making change here, making change to, to start for you to, to get with yourself, to have a relationship with yourself and to get yourself consciously, knowingly, expertly to be fulfilled. Well, it's hard. No, the hardship lies in living the life with all of your energies and your skills dedicated to bringing about the opposite. That's where the hardship lies. Okay? So we have obstacles. One, one of the obstacles is to say, it's hard to be in a relationship with myself. It's hard to, to become attentive to myself. It's hard to know who I really am because we all have been fed a lot of lot of illusions and falsities and programs and promises from Madison Avenue to California to all of the different systems and so on and promises and they have led to disappointment. But the hardship lies in disregarding yourself and living the illusion, the falsity. There are obstacles. What you will find out when you become into a relationship of responding to yourself, that is being responsible to yourself, responsible to yourself, is that the obstacles are not, wait a minute, is there, does anyone know an organization that knows every one of us individually and says, I'm going to put obstacles in their path of life? Is there such an organization? There isn't. The game of life? Who is, who is playing that game? Yeah, but we, what we do in this life, how we play this game, is our choice. Do you see? So... If we place obstacles into our path, it has been done by us. Now, you say, well, it's not in my, by my choice, but everything is by your choice, even if your choice is instigated by ignorance. Well, I didn't know any better. Right? Most of us are raised not to know any better. That's what our whole society lives by, not to know anybody any better. And that way we can also unmask, be manipulated to do all kinds of things for some people who are even more ignorant than we are. Right? Uh, so, but each one of us has a choice of specific obstacles that we put into our way. You know, obstacles such as being disorganized. I, all I have to do is look here in your obstacle column. Uh, being disorganized, having faith. Well, I think it's meant not having faith. What I would, inter- how I would say that is not having any trust in yourself, being able to do the real thing, right? Uh, obstacles such as <clears throat> mental knowledge. Oh, no knowledge, no knowledge. 
Yeah, I mean, most of us, our society lives by not having knowledge about ourselves, right? Uh, time for me. Time for me is not an obstacle. Is not giving time to you is probably the obstacle that is meant by that, right? Uh, trust, that big thing about trust, not trusting yourself. Most of us are brought up to not trust ourselves. Do you realize that? How many of you, here, I'll give you a proof. How many of you were brought up with the, the whole atmosphere and the whole understanding, your wonderful, limitless power of being who is pure and luminous and joyous and clear? How many of you were brought up that way? You are to be loved unconditionally and respected unconditionally. Not many people are brought up that way. Some are. And you see an entirely different person then. But if you did not receive that, which is common in our society, you need to get with it. You need to learn to relate to yourself like that because that's how you deserve to be related to, in fact, not in theoretical, not in belief system, but in fact, in reality. You know? What obstacles do you have in your path? Obstacles you've, that you've put there. Maybe when you were very young and didn't really... This is not to blame you or for you to blame yourself, but it's to, to get with it, to, with the, the stuff that we bought into when we were obedient little children and somehow were told, not even in words, but by, in that whole accepted environment that we were not to be trusted, that there was something faulty about us or something dirty about us or something uh, dishonest or untrustworthy about us and so on and so on. And if you, if you check in on the internal monologue that goes on in everybody, you know that internal monologue where it's not consciously but subconsciously your mind and your feelings and emotions, they're saying things about you. And they usually patently untrue, but you live by them, but you're motivated by them that you're either not strong enough or not good enough or not pure enough or not clean enough or something like that, you know? And that you need to get rid of because that forms your obstacles, that of being undeserving, being dependent, being disempowered, being untrustworthy. Do you know what I mean? You know, one thing that what that Molly said in her introduction, I said that one thing to her and she never forgot it. And this is very unusual for Molly. <laughs> I'm just teasing her. But the thing is, there are things I am saying here today that in your inner core, where you know, where the inner knower is, there, there will be a response that says, yes, I know this to be true. Do you understand? Not belief system, not, oh yeah, that's interesting or so, no, but I know this to be true. You would, be well, you would serve yourself well if you were to respond then to what is true. That's what you need to learn to do, is to respond to what you know to be real. 
and respond to it by following up, not just putting it into the files of knowledge that you have stored away, but by responding to it, by living in accord with it and following through on it. You know? For example, if you if some something came through to you about the fact that the the identity that you are, the being that you are, is the the fundamental thing about you and therefore the most important thing about you, and that deserves to be lived in accord with and in consciousness of. If that is if you which is easy to understand, but if that comes through, the inner knowers says yes to that. Well, then you deserve to get your life to respond to that. Not to again disregard your real identity, your real self, and go on in forgetfulness as we are apt to do. We are even conditioned to do that, you know. So those are the kind of obstacles uh, Negative energy is what, what I was just talking about, that internal negative talk, you know. Uh, not having patience means not wanting to pay attention to something, to be distracted by many other things, you know. Uh, and again, the obstacles, so whoever wrote the obstacles needs to write down the obstacles, not the, the answers to it. Just doing it is the answer to it. It's not an obstacle. Unless, well, just doing it means doing everything else other than attending to yourself. Do you see? So, so the, the, the needs, or that what we really want, want to make permanent change for, are also reflected here. Wants to be loved. Uh, be at ease, feel inspired, wants to dream. Uh, I know what is meant by that, but I still have to say it's nice to be awake too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Freedom from barriers. That is a real need we all have, you know, and... We misinterpret that often while we, because we identify ourselves with our physical state, which has certain inherent barriers, but we are not the physical state. The physical is just something that we use. You know? To be stress-free, to be in balance, to be in control, these are all about having a relationship with the real being that you are. Okay? How to bring that about? That's what I think deserves to be the dedication and the focus of our life. Not how to be better at a job, or how to have a nicer house or a better car or whatever. Those are distractions. But tell me something. If you are in harmony and empowerment with your real self? Do you function in that freer and more creatively and more intelligently? Or do you feel that you are more successful on the lowest levels 
like materially with your job and so on, when you're internally discombobulated, out of touch, and in disharmony, and in a lot of tension. Which one do you think allows you to work more effectively and efficiently and more creatively? The first state, right? But we often go ahead and think, well, I don't have time for that. I have to be now just so driven and so tense and so distracted to, to be a really good at work. Do you get that? I mean, do you, you know that to be true? Yeah? Yeah. So now, all of these things, they may sound far-fetched, but I think they're utterly simple and practical. And they're utterly attainable. We're fed into the idea of being fulfilled and evolving to the highest, most subtle and most joyous state. All those are just sort of pipe dreams. But that's saying that everything that you want is just a pipe dream. And that, that, you're, that that's the illusion. To be true to yourself, that's the illusion. No, it isn't. That is an inherent drive in all of us. And when we, when we are functioning in accord with that drive, then we have that stress-free, stress effortless flow of being, of being in this life that we all want. There are ways of doing that. That's why I, about over many, many years ago, more than I care to mention, I formed this, what this expert in life approach is. It works. It's to become, to focus on becoming an expert at being you. Not being a worker or a a mother or a father or a child or an adult or a, a citizen or this, but an expert at being you. Uh, and then living in that expertise, consciously bringing it about and maintaining it and, and thriving in it, being an expert in life. It is possible. It's very... It's actually easier than going on with the life that is opposite of that. And the thing is, wouldn't you agree that everybody wants that kind of life? Hello? Would you agree with that? Yeah? Are you reluctant to agree with that? (laughs) The thing is, there's one other thing. There's one little hitch. As I said to my older my big older brother once, who's going to do it? Who's going to bring about that way of life? Have you found out somebody yet who will do that for you? (laughs) If you pay enough taxes, you'll get somebody, the government will do it for you, right? Are there dedicated professionals who will do it for you? Are there some wise spiritual teachers who will do it for you? They have the system of learning how to love on a weekend, right? Do you think? Have you ever found somebody or some system that'll do it for you? Only you will. But you can learn. You can be. You can learn through your own experience, and you be, you can be guided through experiences by which you know if I do such and such, this is guaranteed. It always works. 
we are oriented here to reality. And I define reality, that which permanently works. Okay? So, this is actually... I think I talked much too long here, but you inspired me with... Well, actually, you inspired me with your introduction. And, and then I see this here. All of these things that we want, self-love, the life I deserve, transform relationship, balance, awareness, creativity, better health, balance, no fear. All of that is inherent to being in that reality relationship with the self that, that you are. And that's... This you cannot believe when I say that. But you will know that this is so and how to attain that once you do something about it. It hasn't fallen into your lap yet, has it? And even if you're 70 years old, it still hasn't and it never will. You'll have to go for it. You have to find yourself important enough to do something about it. You have to consider yourself lovable, lovable enough to give this to yourself. You see? The ways that we, that we do here, so we cultivate experiences by which you know how to expertly and predictably and dependably bring that about at will. One of the ways, we, we have many ways of doing this. One of the ways we do is we have, we meet here on every uh, Monday evening and have a meditation program. But that's just a disguise for, because it's one of the things that we do. Meditation is a way, is bringing about a state of such balance and clarity of consciousness. Consciousness is the awareness of being, the awareness of being. So the spontaneous, moment-to-moment, undistracted awareness of the reality of being that you are. There's a lot of words, but it's really true. Undistorted, undistracted, in continuity, at will, that state of being present unto yourself. That is what meditation is really about. Have you noticed there is a lot of interest, interest in meditation in our society nowadays? You hear a lot about it, but you never hear any real description of what meditation really is. Because most people who meditate don't know what meditation is. And I don't know. I, how can you meditate if you don't know what, what it is you're trying to do? And if you're told, well, it's just a matter of keeping your mind still for 20 minutes. Boy, that's a formula for trouble. You try that sometimes. You sit for a while and say to your mind, be still. Take a two-year-old. If, if you know anybody who has a two-year-old or if you have children, you put a two-year-old in front of you and say, okay, for five minutes, be still. You're asking for trouble, Right? You're asking for the opposite, as a matter of fact. There are ways of bringing about the state of meditation, which is just a, the clear, conscious state of being. There are ways to bring that about, where you learn in a very short while that 
it's rather predictable. There are certain conditions that have to be uh, included and certain step-by-step approaches that make the state of meditation almost unavoidable. Understand? As opposed to people... I used to... Go, I was on a lecture tour throughout the university circus for uh, a year and a half in the 70s. And uh, I used to talk about and teach about meditation. And in those days, in the 70s, it wasn't very much known in the, in, in the United States or most Western countries. And people would come, out, come to me afterwards and say, well, I've been doing this Buddhist meditation or this Vipassana meditation or this and this meditation for 15 years, and I haven't attained what you say your students attain in a matter of three to, three to six months. And how could that be? And I'd say, well, tell me the basic conditions that you set up for your meditation. What do you mean, basic conditions? Huh? Well, but there's some basic conditions, for example, you have to be, and your body has to be in a relaxed state, your mind has to be focused, Uh, your breathing has to flow in, in a certain way that is undistractive, and so on and so on. If you don't set up those conditions, meditation is nearly impossible, you know. Plus, then, you need to know what it is that you're really going for, you know. What state are you trying to, to establish within yourself? Uh, what is the state of meditation that you're trying to establish within yourself? If you don't know that, then how can you be in that state? Do you see? So... To me, those are practicalities that are simple and direct and fundamental, but if they're left out, which they almost always are, then you don't have much of a chance. And then you have people, you know, try for... It's very unusual to try something for 15 years where where you still don't get there, you know. So that's, you know, that person is to be complimented, but most people give up way before that because it's too frustrating, you know. We have guided meditations here where you, if you stay with it and just follow the steps by step doing the guidance, it's guaranteed that you'll get there. How many of you can attest to that? Look around you, okay? And these people who were hopeless when they first started. (laughs) I just had to say that. (laughs) Okay, enough of my talking because we actually, we have to celebrate here uh, a group of people who have actually spent considerable, uh, dedicated considerable uh, amount of energy and their time and attention to taking care of themselves in a way that works and is fulfilling. And we have today the graduation of one of the segments. Of, we go by, by two-month segments, eight-week segments. Yeah. So... But would you like to have a little example of a guided meditation? I, I'll give you a little bit of an example. We're just sort of like getting towards, you know, just past the, the first surface layer. But uh, something, if you just follow along, even if you've never done anything like this before, if you just do it, and I promise you I'll, I'll give you only positive suggestions. If you do that, you will do something 
you could do something deeply touching to yourself. There are many people who sit for meditation, but have their mind doing it, explaining meditation, talking about it. That means a mental process is going on, which is not meditation. Meditation is not a mental doing, but an all-inclusive experience of the real being you are. When you meditate, every part of you, mind, feelings, emotions, intellect, and intuition, even your body, has its energy focused in your center and harmony. Your faculties are in balance within themselves and with each other. And in that union, they participate in the experience of the being you are. Be fully focused to have a deep and meaningful experience of yourself. For your greatest benefit, please be in a quiet space. Sit up straight with your feet flat on the floor, your spine comfortably aligned and erect, and simply follow Dr. Vogel's guidance. Please sit straight with your feet flat on the floor. And if you have anything on your lap, just put it down for now. Uh, take a nice deep breath and exhale and cause your breathing to flow evenly and easily. You're breathing easily and easily. Tell your body to relax now. Relax the whole body from the top of your head through the soles of your feet, inside and out. And we actually do that in much more detail as we go along. Where you consciously relax every part of your body. Let's say you were to start at your head and just tell your head to relax and feel relaxation flow from the top of the head down through the forehead and temples and brow. Relax now. Just trust in that, that you have the ability to affect this relaxation. Relax. Down into the eyes and their sockets. Relax. Relax all of the little muscles surrounding the eyes. Relax. All the facial muscles mouth and tongue and jaw. Just go slack, relax. Have your whole head relax now. And then relax down into the neck. Neck relax. Head is balanced effortlessly on the neck. And the neck over the shoulders, relax. Shoulders relax deeply now and send that relaxation flowing down through the shoulder blades into your entire back, into the rib cage, your lumbar area, and down into the pelvis, into your seat. Relax now and feel the energy freeing your back and uplifting your back. Relax the entire back and neck and head. Relax now. Relax. Relax your arms all the way down through the hands, through the tips of your fingers. Relax. 
and relax your legs all the way down through the feet, through the tips of your toes. Relax now. And just tell the whole body to open up now to this relaxing wave of energy radiating throughout your entire body, inside and out, to include all your organs and all your systems like the respiratory and circulatory and glandular and on. Indeed, all your cells, just Internally, give them that suggestion to open up and relax in a harmonious flow of energy. Relax. Relax. And notice how your breathing has become more even and easy. Now, for a few moments, Simply observe the flow of your breath. As you inhale, have your mind observe as the breath flows through your nostrils down to your lungs. And as you exhale, let your mind observe how it just goes. You let go. Your mind observes now humbly, simply, without commentary, it doesn't have to make this happen, mind just observes. Become like an impartial observer. Simply observe the flow of your breath. Mind completely dedicate itself to observing the flow of your breath. You continue to relax deeper and deeper. You've set up that impetus. As we proceed, your relaxation becomes ever deeper. Mind now faithfully, simply, just observes the flow of the breath. Doesn't have to discuss it or dissect it, it's simply stands by and observes the flow of your breath. After a while, quite naturally, your mind tends to come to rest in the area where the breath goes, to the lungs, but that's also the area of your heart And this is where you touch when you say you get in touch with something, something that touches you. You touch that area, the area of your heart. So tell your mind now to make itself at home here, in the area of your heart, where it naturally comes to rest. Regard this area as your center. And you're present here. 
So mind is now in your center, the area of your heart. You're invited to be at home here. It is its home. And invite your mind now to relax. Be at home. Doesn't have to work, doesn't have to struggle now. Is safe here, at home, in your center, the area of your heart. So mind just sits back and relaxes and feels at home. So now your feelings are there with your mind too. And also your emotions and your intellect and intuition, all your faculties, including the senses. Because once mind comes to rest here in your center, the other faculties come along naturally because mind is their coordinator. So visualize all of your faculties now gathered in your center in a state of harmony, harmony within themselves and with each other. So your mind and feelings and emotions, intellect and intuition and senses, they're in harmony with each other. They're no, no longer competing with each other. They're congruent now. They're unified to a state of harmonious wholeness. Have them simply be present in your center. Become more and more at peace. In harmony. And as they acquire this vibratory state of deep harmony and tranquility, the vibratory state becomes more and more subtle, more alike to the state of consciousness. which means now they become one with the state of consciousness, <coughs> the awareness of being. Where the being that you are dwells in the awareness of being. The real you in continuous Awareness of being. Being in harmony. Being in self-acceptance. You unconditionally accept 
the being that you are. Beyond question, beyond second-guessing, let go of all that and unconditionally accept being that you are. You find here deep satisfaction in that state of being, experienced with unconditional acceptance. And as you dedicate your faculties more and more to this experience, they will become clearer and stronger and more consistent. Till you reach the state, state of permanent experience of the reality of being. in clarity, in luminosity, wholeness, continuity. You reach the state of uninterrupted consciousness. Where all of your faculties are one with consciousness permanently. awareness of yourself, there's a recognition you know that this is the experience of self. This knowing grows.
at peace. Love being that you are. Know that you can be this way always. And gently stretch out your arms overhead, inhale and exhale deeply. So if, if you followed along, then somehow you got in touch with the inner knower. Do you know what I mean by that? The inner knower. Well, there's somebody, something in you that sometimes can say, I know this to be so, right? Did, did you notice any kind of knowing within yourself that any facet of what we were doing here is true. So that's where the inner knower recognizes, understands. Is this concept of an inner knower strange to you? So that, have you learned to trust in the inner knower? Because the the real inner knower is always correct. It is not swayed by likes and dislikes or opinions or attitudes or anything. It's just a pure knowing that is always true. So it's, all, it's beyond what your emotions and feelings or even your mind might, might want. It just is what is. And, and it recognizes that. Okay, we're going to proceed with our graduation. We have a certificate.
for people who went through the program. We have many things that are acknowledged here. You'll, you'll hear maybe things about buddies. There is a, there's an interconnected community that is formed here of people supporting each other, being like-minded people who learn to support each other in a real way, in an empowering way. Also, we do, we, all of our workings are to cultivate that continuous awareness of being throughout all the days because we're here about making real change, which means permanent change, not momentary change. So we want to be in the awareness of who we really are, the awareness of the being, and of being every moment of our life, not just for an hour's meditation or something like that. Yeah. Did, you f did you experience anything with this 15 minutes, little brief taste of guidance? Did you experience anything with that? Imagine if you become really expert with that. And it takes a while to get rid of the clatter and the distractions of the mind and the various other faculties wanting to do their own stuff and so on. But you learn how to do that and you become expert at that in rather quick uh, order. Yeah. So you'll hear some of these things. Uh, we also they, we, we use a text that we work with. It's this book, Journey Into Your Center. Uh, we read a chapter, one chapter per week. We read the same chapter every day. And the chapters are anywhere from three to five to seven pages, usually long. They're, so they're very brief. But each paragraph is packed with all kinds of experience. And so if you read it one day, you say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, recognize, I know this is so. Next day you read the same thing again, you say, oh, there was so much more. Third day, oh my God, there is so much more. But by the end of the week you read, it's all in you, and it's, you've, it's all yours. You know this now, you see, and that's how we proceed with that. So we have all kinds of ways of making real the workings here. It's not just on Monday nights, it's throughout the whole week that we are learning to be present unto ourselves. And what a wonderful gift that is, that you're giving to yourself then. Yeah. So, we have, we're going to acknowledge you for doing this good work for yourself. Okay, so this certificate says, in recognition of the successful completion of the fundamental meditation series, this, this person receives this, this certificate of merit and is hereby awarded that testifies to your involvement in the Expert in Life program of the focused experience <coughs> of the focused experience of full, undistracted being in utter clarity at will. May you be gifted with an infinite wealth of knowledge, integrity, and joyous participation in conscious existence. Signed, sealed, and now delivered.
Oh, then we have one other thing. We make a contact with ourselves, very specific, at the beginning of a series. What we're going to do to, as a minimum amount of practice to get into this state, okay? And then the buddies and their three leaders and so on, they check in during the week to see that we're staying on track. And those who stayed on track and did what they said, they promised themselves that they were going to do, they graduate with distinction. And as an acknowledgement, we, we give them this uh, a beautiful recorded in a studio uh, guided meditation. But the highest reward is really the life that they're giving to themselves in that manner. So now, to start out with, graduating with distinction. Unbelievable. Molly Malone. <laughs> Congratulations. So this is a time where we get to speak out loud what's been most important to us in this series. And what's been very, very at the front of, of my experience this eight weeks has been the, the topic of intimacy. And it's been weaving itself in and out of, of the teachings uh, each week. And I really get how important and how absolutely wonderful it is to be open and present to real intimacy not only with others, but with myself. And I've had, in fact, Erhard says something like, you know, if you, if you don't open yourself to real intimacy with yourself, it will never be fulfilled. Is that close? No. <laughs> <laughs> But and that's what I've been carrying with me. And I've had so many experiences this last two months of, of deep intimacy with others, with um, close relationships, with not so close relationships, and with myself. However, what really impacted me was um, a class we had two, three weeks ago, where we have what we call our living laboratory, which is when we, as a membership, meet together to enact what we have known and, and take it to humanity, to have what we do make an, an impact on others. And it was, I realized that, that I wasn't the only one who was experiencing intimacy in a new way, but the whole membership was experiencing it in a new way, where there was such honesty, there was such a sense of connection, and a, a real sense of going out and making a, a significant difference in our own world and in the world for others. So um, thank you, Erhard, for uh, making that possible. Okay, congratulations. And with distinction, Carol Feinstein. Congratulations. So in the same vein, 
what Molly was saying. Um, I too experienced just more of a sense of, um, you know, expansiveness of self and uh, more of an appreciation of self because of the workings that we do in class and not only with ourselves, but with others, whether it's a buddy or in the class itself. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that Erhard was saying about self-talk, negative self-talk, I've noticed that a lot of that's gone out the window, you know, so. Um, and then um, just this is self-determination to really uh, work at, um, you know, getting rid of being stuck in those old patterns. So that's my new thing. Thank you. Thank you. With distinction, Dr. Richard Tran, who is doing it by over internet. We have students in various parts of the world sometimes who do the program over the internet. And is he mm -hmm. accessible? Yes, he is. Congratulations, Richard. With distinction, Dan Simon. Congratulations, Dan. Um, one thing I noticed in this, uh, this series is just um, when I start communicating with people, I just I feel like um, I'm more clear in just my thought and just how I'm relating to them. I think, um, especially like with people you just meet, uh, at least for me, like in the past, it maybe um, kind of shut down a little, or like you get distracted by kind of internal, like maybe some sort of internal thought that's not true, you know, about either the person or yourself. And so it kind of hampers the way you relate to them. And so I found, you know, I just really noticed this series just more clarity and just stay, being there and being aware. And um, I think like, you know, with, like what Erhard is talking about, just knowing yourself and um, gives you that trust and um, kind of like, I feel like more self-esteem from that. And so that's you know, one thing I, I've gained in this uh, eight weeks. So thank you, Erhard, and thank you to everybody with their guests here.
With distinction, Brian Lewis. Congratulations, Brian. Um, I really, this has been a really good series, and I've been through it a couple of times. It's called the Fundamental Series, and I really want to thank the guests for really searching within themselves and coming up with these answers, because it ties into what the gains that I felt like I gained through this series. In this series, we learn the fundamentals of how to relax, how to breathe properly, how to focus on our center, um, how to be in effortless balance, and then it culminates with a determination to be true to self. And through these basic fundamentals, I I've realized that to be true to myself, I have to live it and I have to own it, and I've, and I've done that. I'm doing that. And when you do that, when you claim it, when you live it, this crap, it's a breeze. It goes up, it doesn't even, it's like a no-brainer. So thank you for the series, thank you for the class. Um, that's what I gained, the determination to be true to self. Thanks. And Joanne. Yes? Okay, go ahead. That's Regina Swib. I should have just let her thing. <laughs> right? How long has she been with us? About a year. About a year, yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations, Regina. Who's her buddy? Rich. Rich. <laughs> yeah, Rich. <laughs> And now, Mary Kilmer. Thank you. 
Congratulations. Thank you. Well, this series, um, I think I've really, I've grown in terms of trust in, in myself, but in also my commitment to my path to self-realization. Because, because I found that as, as my life you know, changes and I've, I've gotten a lot more responsibilities recently, and there are times when I'm you know, asking myself, how am I going to do all of this? How, how will I handle all of this? And, and I can come back to my commitment to self um, as, a, as my anchor. And I really appreciate Earhart for having taught me this. Not, and it isn't just that I have these wonderful meditations to go to or the structure of the yoga classes and the meditations. It's that just within myself, I, I have the ability and the knowledge and the experience to experience that I am limitless. I am being. And that is reality. It's not just like a pipe dream or nice words to make me feel better when I feel bad. You know, that's how it is. And I'm deeply grateful for, for that knowledge. So thank you. With distinction, Michelle Perlich. Congratulations. Thank you. And this year, Michelle, Thank one you. of those. So, um, wow. Um, for me, this series was about, um, similar to Molly, was about intimacy and trust. And um, we, we definitely had a breakthrough this series about intimacy and relationship with ourselves, the, our own intimate relationship with ourselves, and our ability to trust ourselves to have those intimate relationships and so as a result um, not only did I have I gotten everything that I got from Earhart in the last eight weeks which is always mind-boggling um, but I have um, I've been able to um, share that intimacy and trust with my sister who's joining us remotely um, so Donna thank you for uh, allowing me to get closer to you in the last eight weeks and uh, introduce the you know what we do here to her and um, just really excited to have her along. So that's kind of been my gift for the last eight weeks, along with many other things. So thank you, Erhard. Thank And don't worry, Donna won't be with us just remotely. Yes, Donna will be I know what you mean. She, she'll be doing it over internet, but it, that won't be remote. It won't be remote all the time. <laughs> Even Richard hasn't been remote, that's you know? Right, <laughs> Okay, and saving the best to the last, with distinction, Joanne <laughs> Bram. <laughs> I thought you were just going to not put me in there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this was an interesting series. As Michelle was saying, I think um, the members, we all felt interconnected uh, quite a bit more during this series, we all had very similar experiences. The trust thing was a big one for all of us, trusting each other, trusting ourselves, trusting a real, you know, situations, trusting that we can handle things. So for me, um, the thing that I really focused on was commitment to myself. Because if we really want to be successful at being an expert and living our life, if we really want that, it's not a her Herculean task. It's not some big, formidable effort that we have to make. 
It's really about being committed to ourselves. As simple as that, to be loyal and true to who we are, to be devoted to ourselves. With that, we become successful. And that's what I learned, that it doesn't have to be hard at all. You know, these things, if you're true to you, they will go away. You don't have to fight for it. So thank you, Earhart. Thank you. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, Joanne, stay here, um, because we have a birthday to celebrate this week. And I, and I want to share this with, obviously it's Joanne's birthday. Happy birthday, Joanne. But I want to share this. This is a card I give uh, to her on her birthday, and it says, Happy birthday. This day is an occasion to celebrate a significant event, your birth into a life with the potential for consciousness, for continuous and eternal consciousness. Your greatest gift will be for you to fulfill that potential. May you find yourself deserving and claim your real fulfillment. In service to your fulfillment and self-realization, Earhart. Now with this is a picture that I'm very fond of because this was in the 1970s when the guy in white, that's me, and then these two are two of the world's most renowned luminous sages, uh, Swami's Krishnananda and Siddhananda. And we had a life relationship for over 35 years almost, I say, until they both passed away. But we, we're still in a relationship, and they are the part of the great joy of my life. Okay? So, congratulations, Joanne. I consider a birthday of a very significant occasion when you come into this life now in consciousness. So we just have a couple of other things to take care of. Uh, one of the things that we do is we talk about our reading the past week of our uh, chapter. Uh, this week the chapter was Commitment to Success. And I'll just ask, I'll give one or two of you an opportunity to give your comments on that. Commitment to Success. Yes? Brian. Right. Uh, with a couple of you, I was talking just before, uh, before we started here, about that commitment to success. Because a lot of times people they they consider a certain thing they want to do, some project or something in life or so on. And I was saying that many of us spend much of our time figuring figuring out all the ways that it cannot be done. And then, of course, you've heard about self-fulfilling prophecies. Well, they are fulfilled by us focusing on how to do something or how to, I cannot do it, right? 
Whereas if you put the energy into how to do it, then you figure it out. And one of the first steps is you just you, you take the first step, you do it. Sometimes you don't know. I traveled for four years all over the world on foot with a, with a backpack and a tent. And most of the time I didn't even have a map. I didn't have a preordained plan. But I didn't say, well, I'm going to go through all of the Arab nations and Afghanistan and Pakistan and India and Nepal and, and Turkey and all this kind of stuff and then walk back again and so on. I just started walking. Do you understand? And then one thing led to another. And so if you want to do some big project, the way we bought the ashram, we didn't have money, we didn't have anything to, to buy a property with and so on. We didn't even have a job. And I, I just started to look for property. And then I learned. And then I figured out how, how, to, how to get it. You know what I mean? You just go ahead and do it. What we're talking about here today is your life project. You can spend the rest of the time of your life say, oh, I don't know how to do it. Of course you don't know how to do it. But you start, right? And you find a plausible, expert way. Something in you can say, I know that something here can work. I can make it work. So you start. You do it. You don't keep on fantasizing, wishing and wanting and figuring out how difficult it is and how you can do it. You just go ahead and you do. That is the the beginning of the path to success. Okay. That's my... What else? What did you have to say about that? Yeah. Well, I was I was remembering the part uh, where you said not to make a commitment is to commit ourselves by default because so often in life, you know, when we are not sure what we should do or if we feel scared to act on what we really, what our inner knower mm-hmm. you know, knows is the right thing to do, we figure, well, I'll just wait or I just won't do anything right now, and that's just that's not real. Um, mm-hmm. We are making a choice every moment. I think that's a very important thing to to be aware of. Yeah. Yes, Joanne? Last last chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was thinking about preparation. You you um, talked about when a pilot is going somewhere, he has a flight plan, and he trusts in that flight plan. And if there is a problem with fog, he just sticks to it. He doesn't doubt himself. He keeps moving in the direction that he committed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rich yeah. would like to say something. <laughs> Ask him, does he have to? <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, this, the, the chapter for this week is being an expert at fulfillment, appropriate, appropriately enough, right? Um, also, in your body contact, you have a weekly body contact. Uh, thank your body this week for the way she or he supported you. And... Um, Acknowledge each other, and uh, you have your seed thought questions that are good preparation for the first class of the next series, which will be next week. By the way, the 
the focal points of the the series coming up is called the essential meditation series because we're going into the essentials uh, in the first class you, some of the steps you you got a little taste of today about centering well the first class will be focused on the physical center as a physical thing the center as a physical thing like here right uh, the following week the center will be addressed more as a subtle more subtle energy center. Yeah? Then the third week will be memory cultivation, which I consider very important, memory cultivation, especially for you people who are getting older. <laughs> now, what, what I mean by memory is like, you know, you, know you, have, you have times in life when you really, really learn something. You know this is so, this I want to... And then you forget about it. Two days later, you forgot all about it. You learn how to cultivate the steps by which you make your life more fulfilling and richer and so on, more informed, yeah? memory cultivation. So we concentrate on that for a whole week, and then the attitude is we're going to do it so strongly in one week that I have that for the rest of my life, that habit of memory cultivation, or what, whatever it is. Okay? Fourth week is the true eye feeling. Dwelling and living in the true, the real I feeling. That's followed by consciously abiding in the self. The self that we were talking about, that's the real you, the real identity. And we, we learn all kinds of things about what that means, what that is. Is that a physical object? No, it's something more permanent than that. What is it then? You know, and so on. Well, then consciously living in that. That's what we focus on for the fifth week. Then sixth week is unstinting devotion. Unstinting devotion. Huh? Let that speak to itself for itself. Then the seventh week is the the focus is the cave meditation. Uh, that's Years, many years ago, I lived in a cave in the Himalayas. And I had this wonderful life of no more obligations and no duties and no just, just continuous consciousness meditation. It was wonderful, joyous in the Himalayas on the banks of River Ganga. The only people that I had anything to do with every morning, a gang of uh, Himalayan monkeys would come and they come uh, from, the, from the mountains to the river to drink. And it was always a procession. The wild, crazy teenagers would come running like crazy, but then the boss males would come and make sure that nobody would get in the way and nobody would misbehave and so on. And then the females with the babies, and they would scampering afterwards and, and then in reverse. But then, see those that banyan tree overhanging the opening? Well, usually... There was a bunch of teenagers. They would sit in there looking at me because <laughs> what is that thing? It's not moving, but I don't trust it, you know? I mean, they're very careful, and they were very curious about me, and they got to know me, you know, but not enough to come and contact me, but they, 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 learned, they would perform around me. They performed by running through the trees and then jumping from one tree to the other and you think, okay, that one's going to die, he's going to crash. 
But the last moment, and they wait to the last moment till they grab hold of the last bit of a branch and then swing up again. I mean, it was like death-defying, and they'd be as daring as they could be, you know. Anyway, uh, and living there was just a most wonderful period of my life. And I had these luminous realizations going on, and I was thinking, gee, there are these people back back home at the ashram who, back home the people, not just at the ashram, but back home in general, in our Western culture, they're suffering. They're suffering so much, and it's so unnecessary. They can be in this beautiful, joyous light of being, too. And so I, but I had a, a flow of realization of how we are in relationship to everything in the cosmos. Which is, I think we all look for an understanding of our relationship to the world that we're in, right? And, but that just came through very clearly to me, and I wrote it down on another day, and that just sent it home. And that became the foundation of the, of the cave meditation, which we'll be sharing on the seventh week of this series. Okay? All right, I'm done. Right? What's next? Uh, we're going to do a concluding focus. We're going to have some announcements. Huh? Yes. We're going to have some announcements, and then we're going to have... Do we have dessert tonight? We have a lot of dessert. Okay, but you've got to be patient. We're going to get to the dessert later. All right? So I'll do a concluding focus with me, with you, and then I ask you to... Stay with Brian. No, let Brian do his thing, and then we do the concluding focus. So just a couple of announcements. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming, our guests, uh, our members that helped put it all together. Um, one of the things, you know, Earhart talking about is cave meditation. So that's part of what I'm going to talk about, the announcements, is that we have, um, as we're eating dessert, I'm sure you guys, your interest is peaked, and you're going to want to know more about the program in the Expert in Life program and the stuff that's available. We have stuff available to purchase on the back table. Somebody will be back there if you want to purchase something. Um, the cave meditation is one of those things. And one of the great things about uh, this meditation is that um, it teaches, it's, it's all stuff that's practical. You know, that you, Earhart went and, 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 and did this in the cave and we don't have to. That's what I get out of it. Is that the stuff that we learn here and the meditation itself, it, it's stuff that you use in everyday life. You don't have to go, you know, sock yourself away in a cave for five years to get it. You can have it at your fingertips. And that's what we learn through these meditations and through the program is that you can have it at, you know, Carlos will speak to it. He has it. So everybody here has it. It's a wonderful CD. The stress release response. Everybody here has that too. So... In this, in this uh, meditation, you learn how to stop stressful situations and remove yourself from them in an instant. To recognize them, stop it, remove yourself, and just do a complete 180 and change it. And then we have the book available. So these are available for 20-something. These are available on the back table. We'll tell you at the back table. So um, this book, like we've all been talking about, um, you know, the, the chapters in it are... Very, very readable. They're short, um, and then Earhart designed them that way. So 
you can read a chapter in less than 15 minutes, but the stuff that's in that one chapter, you can go back and read it a hundred times and get something new out of it every single time. And it's all stuff that you can use practically in your daily life. And that's what's so cool about the program and what's cool about the CDs is it's all very, very practical. So, and then we also, on top of that, we have a, uh, an experience available. So, you know, um, a lot of times we find that people that come to these events or that come to our retreats, come to our open houses, find themselves, they've come for a reason. You've come for a reason. You had a calling within yourself. You, you want to know more about how to meditate. You want to know more about how to be being true to yourself and functioning better in your life and becoming an expert in your life. So we have a process that we offer. Um, there's three of us here that um, can offer you what's called a self-discovery process. And basically it's a, it's a you, know, you know, people have said that they get more out of this process than they've gotten out of years of, of uh, therapy with psychiatrists because we really take you down a path of answering questions, answering to yourself what, what you really want out of life, what changes you want to make, what obstacles you want to overcome and what your life would look like, what you envision it looking like at the end of that process. And so we offer that process to you. If anybody's interested, just look for one of the three of us or any of the members here can talk to you about it and we can set you up with an appointment to do a self-discovery process. Okay, we'll do our closing focus now. Take a nice deep breath and exhale. Cause your breathing to flow evenly and easily. Have your mind come to your center. Be in a completely relaxed state. Have your mind and all your faculties present in your center now. And devote their attention to the being that you are, to you, yourself. Keep it simple. Acknowledge yourself for having the uncommon sense of bringing yourself to an opportunity like this evening presented, an opportunity to become fully and knowingly, consciously in charge of your life as the author of your life, the director of your life, who lovingly leads life to your fulfillment, to the fulfillment of your potential, the fulfillment of your meaning for being in this life, the fulfillment of your evolution. Appreciate yourself for being caring enough to want to learn to be attentive to yourself, to be an expert at relating to the being that you are. I salute the power and beauty of being that you are and bow down ego before that. Namaste. I thank you all for your attention this evening and it was wonderful to be together with you. Thank you and have a good life if you want to.